Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Somebody better watch where their hands are. I'm Mike that Simon. Hey everyone, that was a weird quote. That was a bad one. Yeah, messed up a bit. I did, I did, I did. That's Kevin. I don't think there's a where in that. That was bad, Mike. I'm going to try it again. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, (laughs) somebody better watch their hands. I'm like, that's Tommy. We're not redoing it. I know. I, I'm. I mean, I'm keeping. Everything. Oh, I thought you were um, like re- trying to redo it, like, oh. so our audience wouldn't know. No, no. Okay, try again. Okay, okay. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody! Somebody better watch their hands. I'm like, that's Tommy. That was excellent. Thank you. That's Kevin. What's up, man? Finally, glad you got that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Kevin. On the phone for like a record streak here. What is going on with your car, if anything? Uh, no new updates on the car. Just been uh, busy slash lazy and, uh, you know, the drill. Emphasis on the lazy part. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the bus has been good to me, you know? Public transit. I'm the urban. You're riding the bus now. How has yeah, that been? I'm taking the bus. It's been good. I mean, I've, it sucks when you miss it. And then you have to wait there for a while, but it's pretty good. You know, it's a quick, it's a quick ride to work. I've got a bus stop in front of my house. So, you know, it's been good to me. There, I, I have no like urgent need to fix my car. Have you been riding your bike to Trader Joe's anymore? No, I just did that the one time, but I'll probably have to do that again soon. I'm almost out of food again. <laughs> okay. The other thing involving Kevin, Kevin's turkey leg challenge. Response was way higher than I thought it was going to be. And when I set up the GoFundMe, basically, I uh, I was expecting like five people to donate, like five to ten dollars, and like we would cover the rest. But we're at a hundred and five dollars right now. Now I upped the goal simply because I did not factor in the cost of shipping here. Shipping's like twenty five dollars on these turkey legs. They come in like their own special package, like insulated cooler. So that is why I upped it. We're at like 105. So I mean, if you, no pressure to donate. I, I like I said, it's been way better than I thought it was gonna be. But if you want to donate, yeah, big shout out to those that have. Yeah, shout out to all everyone that donated. First of all, special shout out to Joyce Ng. There's a reason she's the number one quite like She donated thirty dollars. That's a lot of money. Just to that eat, is a lot of money. Just for Kevin and, to eat turkey. I mean, if, if somebody wants. If somebody wants to unseat her as the number one quackalite, I mean, they could top her if they want to. Yes, they could. And the money will be put to good use, even if we go over the goal. Uh, 
Air Lemaire donated twenty dollars, and he said, "I can't believe I just donated twenty dollars to watch someone eat turkey legs." So, uh, and someone he's never met. Oh yeah, that he's never met. So, fair point. And uh, by the way, to people who may have never listened to this podcast before, this is a uh, in conjunction with the turkey leg challenge Kevin is doing, uh, week of the Pro Bowl, where he claimed he could eat ten turkey legs in one sitting, and we're going to be putting that to the test. Yeah, so that was in like November or so, and uh, it's time. It's time to figure it out here. So let's now go in to the topic at hand. Tommy, what is that topic at hand? Uh, topic is, um, so if you remember last week, we had a, a tie in our quack question of the year for 2016. So we needed to have a, a little bit of a runoff between the last two, but we do have a winner now. And uh, the winner is uh, Jared Beasley, who is on the phone right now. Say hello, Jared. Quack, quack. <laughs> nice. Uh, at Jared Beasley on Twitter. Uh, like Tommy said, had a runoff. Jared wins in overtime. Final margin was 37 votes. So good for you, Jared. Uh, just looking at your Twitter here, Twitter bio says Thrip Shop Connoisseur. I mean, what is the greatest find you've had at the thrift shop? You know, that's hard to say because I find so many great things. But I, I'm a big-time Denver Broncos fan, and I once found an actual practice jersey that looked like it had been used by some sort of Denver Broncos player. And I think that's probably the best thing I've found so far. Mm-hmm. Did you ever take that to, like, Antique Roadshow or anything to have it authenticated? <laughs> I did not. I actually gave it away as a present to another Broncos fan. Did you tell him you found it at a thrift store? Thrift store? I, I did. I did. Oh. They were quite impressed with that find because I I live in Illinois, which is quite a ways from, away from Broncos territory. Yeah. So how do you become <laughs> a Broncos fan? John Elway. That's how. <laughs> do you think it was a John Elway practice jersey? I doubt it. It looks more like a linebacker jersey the way it was built. Ooh, Bill Romanowski. Maybe Romanowski? Yeah. (laughs) It could be. It had some pretty big shoulders in it. Okay. Now, the other thing on your Twitter bio, sandwich enthusiast. I, too, am a sandwich. What can I say? I love sandwiches. I mean, what's your top sandwich? Uh... My go-to is a really simple bologna cheese mustard with some sandwich pickles. That's my go-to. What are sandwich fried, pickles? Fried are those bologna? just pickles that just are sliced? Uh, they're like a a long slice instead of just like the typical. Oh, like, oh yeah, like I know what you mean. Small circles. Yeah, that's. So a, it's got to be the Clausen brand. Oh, shout out! Shout out to the Clausen. You ever fry up the bologna? I have before. I'm, I prefer it cold over fried. It's a little too much for me. All right. <laughs> I'm disappointed in that. Okay. <laughs> so, Jared, uh, kind of the biggest question we always have is, like, how does one find our stupid little podcast? <laughs> I don't know about stupid. Um, it's kind of funny. I was on iTunes one day in the podcast store just kind of searching through podcasts as I was really bored and I was looking for podcasts about some of my favorite TV shows to see if one existed. Cause if not, I was going to start one 
And then I decided to see if anybody did one about Mighty Ducks, and you guys were the first one that popped up. Oh, wow. That's incredible that you were, like, actually looking for what we were doing. Uh, I don't know if you guys realize how crazy I am about the Mighty Ducks movies. I'm, I'm a little I think obsessed. we realized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so how does one get so in love with the Mighty Ducks here? What's your sort of uh, backstory in terms of the Ducks? The first one I watched was D2. Uh, I don't really remember watching it much as a kid, but my parents tell me that when I was a kid, when I would get a new movie, I would want to watch it every single day. And I did that with Mighty Ducks longer than normal. So that caused me to want to play roller hockey as a kid. And I had like Mighty Ducks, like, you remember those full windbreaker outfits from like the 90s? Yeah. Like pants and zip up jacket. I had a Mighty Ducks like full windbreaker outfit I wore all the time. Uh, I just, I just fell in love right away. And I didn't really pay much attention to it until I got older, like in high school. And then I started watching the movies again and it's like falling in love all over again. Nice, nice. So, I mean, you said you don't think we realize how much you like the Mighty Ducks. Like, what is that? What is the extent of your fandom here? Uh, well, I'm always trying to buy more <laughs> Mighty Duck clothing. <laughs> uh, well, what a coincidence because we have a great store. <laughs> I, I know. I'm getting ready to buy some stuff from there very soon, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be getting a cake eater baby onesie for a baby I have on the way. Whoa, congratulations. Thank you. I'm waiting to find out the gender, and then I'm going to get a gender-specific cake eater onesie because my baby's got to be supporting the Mighty Ducks. That's true. That's true. And Hold on, hold on. Which duck will you be naming your baby after? (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't think my wife would let me pick any. Well, you should just throw out some names without telling her. Be like, oh, you know, Carp is a great name, isn't it? <laughs> There's no way I would ever name a kid or even a dog after Carp. <laughs> or even a dog. <laughs> wow. I mean, so you have a wife. What does she think about the, the Mighty Ducks fandom here? She just puts up with it. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Now, have you gotten her to listen to the podcast? I've shown her bits and pieces of whenever some of my quack questions have been on, but she's never actually sat down and listened. I've, I've gotten her to watch the movies, all, all of them at least once with me, but I normally just watch them when she's gone. So she often walks into the house with me watching the Mighty Ducks by myself. <laughs> <laughs> How often you are you... You have to like quickly shut the TV off <laughs> like whenever she walks in. Not quite. Maybe someday I'll get to that point. <laughs> How often are you watching the Mighty Ducks at this point? Uh, not as often as I used to now. Uh, I always used to claim while in college that I would watch at least one of them once a month. Uh, I may not be quite that often anymore, but I'm pretty close to that. That's impressive. That's impressive. Now, going to your quack question here. Now, last week. I mentioned, you know, we had a tie and whatnot. I did you think you were in the the top two there? I mean, I had high hopes, but you never really know. I was pretty excited to find out that I won, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was your celebration like? Any like champagne or 
Cristal or anything like that? <laughs> I mean, full on goggle champagne. I had tarps <laughs> up everywhere. <laughs> nice. The well, first thing I did was I just started telling everybody I know who knows that I'm obsessed with the Mighty Ducks and other 90s stuff. What was their reaction when you told them you won this internet contest? <laughs> uh, well, people that I know that are actual Mighty Ducks fans were pretty excited for me. Most people just kind of shook their head and laughed at me. Well, they're not your real friends. Uh, apparently not. I, I have an important question for you, Jared. How many people have you converted uh, to Quackalite-ism? You know, I'm not positive. I know I've sent it to multiple people who I know would like it, but I don't know if they listen. I never did follow up. But I do know that I can only think of maybe one or two people in my life that are big fans of the movie, and none of them come close to me. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's a niche group here. It's a niche group now. You asked very much so. You asked your quiet question May fourth, twenty sixteen. While ago. Uh, the question: At what point did the locker room dynamic become awkward for the girls and the guys? Who was the biggest perv? I'd like to get your opinion on this question here. What do you think about uh, the locker room dynamic? Well, I had thought of that question when watching D3. I didn't really think about it a whole lot in D2, but in D3 early on, you see them all in the locker room, supposedly as freshmen in high school. And I was thinking that seems kind of weird to be having to change in and out of pads for guys and girls. Um, but then I was thinking middle school, you know, you kind of start thinking about that and, you know, everyone has their little boyfriend, girlfriend crushes in middle school. Uh, so I would think that shortly after D1, it would have set in like while they're at the junior goodwill games, which you would think something as big as the junior goodwill games would have a boys and girls locker room, but they didn't seem to. Uh, and I would have to say as far as who would kind of be the creepiest person would probably be Averman. He just, those glasses, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It seems like he might be the biggest creep out of the bunch. Now, if I remember correctly, we said that Julie, the cat would be like, a perv, like, just kind of hitting people with towels and stuff. Is that right? We did do that. We yeah. did say that. I like how Joy the yeah. Cat wins all of our contests, like, all <laughs> of our questions. <laughs> yes, when we did uh, the presidential nominee, she was our Republican nominee. Yeah. And and she won the Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just big fan. I mean, what do you think, Jared, of this this theory we have that Joy the Cat actually sort of flips it around here and becomes the biggest perv on the team. I mean, you can definitely see that, especially at the end of D3. You know, she goes over and kisses Scooter after the uh, JV varsity game. So clearly she's already got her eye on some guys that she likes, but I could see her trying to assert some dominance to avoid anybody trying to, like, be weird to her. Oh, that's a good point. That She sort of... Uh, gets preemptive about it and it's like a power move i think we were just talking about like her just sort of being a perv to be a perv but this is some strategy <laughs> here uh i mean we sort of agreed with you we said sort of like right at d2 when the new ducks came in that is sort of when the awkwardness would uh start now in that answer tommy also insinuated that 
when Portman and Julia the Cat got kicked out of the Iceland game, they banged. What? I don't remember <laughs> insinuating that. That sounds like something Kevin would say. It was actually that does you. That sounds like something Kevin would say. Huh. <laughs> uh, any sort of thoughts on whether or not Portman and Julie would sort of go at it in the locker room during the game? Well, uh, if you remember, uh, shortly after they were both in the locker room, uh, Dean Portman did come out of the locker room fully dressed and freshly showered. If that gives you any hints for anything. Mm. Yeah. I so feel he, like we just got confirmation there, then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could go both ways. Because they're like, oh, he doesn't have time. He just went in there and showered and then came out. Or it's like he had to I shower. Think there was time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I see it as it could be definitely be a possibility. Okay. They, I mean, they had plenty of time in there by themselves because Julie was sitting in there pretty early and they never really. I can't remember the exact timing that Portman came out, but they never show her coming out. You know, girls take a little bit longer to get ready after everything. Mm. <laughs> you would know with a baby on the way. <laughs> um, and do you remember uh, Portman calls Julie babe? Oh, in D2. later on, yeah. So. Yeah, oh. That's one of my favorite parts to quote from all the movies is that scene. <laughs> That is now we have some sort of evidence here. Yeah, maybe there was some uh, lingering sort of uh, unspoken for tension there that popped up during that workout session. I like this. We got a lot deeper here than I expected. Uh, Jared, anything else on that, or any questions you sort of had for us here? I do have a question. How did you guys get started doing this podcast, and what made you decide to do this? Okay, this is this is always a fun answer, fun origin story here. Yeah, so Tommy and I used to work, and we used to, we used to work at night, and where we worked, we were like literally the only two people on the floor when we were working. So we would just sit next to each other, and there was some downtime. So one night we just started talking about the Mighty Ducks and arguing, and it really turned into the first episode, uh, which was about Bombay and whether he learned anything or he was still sort of a dick. So we started talking about that, and then I started thinking about it because I was sort of like you. I was kind of like the Mighty Ducks guy, especially in college. Like I would talk about it with my friends and stuff, and we would have these theories, but it never really went anywhere. So after I had that conversation with Tommy, come back the next day and say, hey, we should do a Mighty Ducks podcast. And Tommy, what was your sort of reaction to that? I remember being like fully on board, but not really understanding the extent of what we were going to be doing. (laughs) Um, I did think that it was like um, very unique because I think a lot of people kind of start podcasting. They have a very unique idea. But in reality, it's like kind of something like it's old hat. It's been done before. Um, but this I knew something like this is not something that's been done and people would hear about it and be intrigued. Yeah. So Tommy quickly was like, I'm down. And then we're like, OK, awesome. And like shortly after that, like just as Tommy's like, I'm in Kevin, who worked upstairs at the time just walks down to our floor 
And Tom is like, Kevin, you want to be in my next podcast? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so that's how it's like. Kevin, do you remember anything about uh, your your sort of reaction there when we're like, we're going to start a Mighty Ducks podcast? I, I do remember thinking uh, it sounded stupid, so of course I was in. Um, and I, I, I remember talking to you in a little bit more detail about it and then kind of realizing that this is something you've been wanting to do for a while. <laughs> and uh, so, so I figured it'd be, it'd be something fun to do and, uh, you know, why not? So it just kind of uh, uh, evolved or devolved from there. Yeah. So Kevin's like, yeah, I'm in. It's like right up my alley. And then uh, I believe Kevin, Tommy, me, we started talking about it a little bit with our friends. And like half of them were like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, how are you going to talk about the Mighty Ducks? (laughs) And then the other half were like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Can I be on the podcast? So. That's when I sort of knew, okay, like, we got something here. Uh, yeah, and then once we started getting going, my whole goal was to keep it going as long as possible. So that's how we're at episode 111 right now. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, you guys got a good thing going. The Mighty Ducks fall right in the heart of all the nostalgia that's going on for 20- and 30-year-olds. Exactly. Yeah. This is the definitive 90s kid podcast, as I've always said. Exactly. That was sort of unintended, but it has worked out well in terms of the nostalgia. I it's actually more nostalgia from more people than I actually thought. But hey, you keep listening, we'll keep do it, doing it. Uh let's just go to sort of this tradition of patching passing the torch from the quack question of the year winner to a new quack question. So if you haven't listened before, you ask us quite questions on Twitter, Facebook, email. We try to answer them. We pick the best one and try to answer them. We can't answer them all. Some of them are pretty bad. But <laughs> we try to answer them. And Kevin has the quite question for us right now. All right. So uh, this one's kind of hot off the presses. Uh, this one comes from... Quackalite uh, Leia Burns, uh, who's at Leia Nog, Leia underscore Nog on Twitter. Um, her question is, uh, why were, in all caps, the Ducks so cruel to Adam in D3? It wasn't his fault. He got sent to varsity. All right, Great so- job rhyming there. <laughs> uh, so I, we've talked about this a little bit. I've got some thoughts here, but Jared, I'm going to defer to you here. What is your sort of uh, initial reaction to the quack question here? Well, uh, it's definitely obvious, you know, that they kind of lump them in, but I don't think it's it's a uh, like a quick thing. Like if you notice in D3 that while they do treat him just as badly as the rest, they are kind of hesitant at first until they ultimately give in. Uh, but I think a lot of it has to do with that he's always been an outsider to the group. You know, starting from being a hawk, um, he's always been the best on the team, always just been more worried about scouts rather than hanging out and having fun as much as the other guys. So he's always kind of been from the outside in, I think. I think that is an excellent theory. Uh, and it's, I think it's uh, definitely uh, true. Um, one thing I'd like to say is um, one thing we know about mm-hmm. the Ducks is the JV team. They're really struggling. 
and we can assume that the varsity team is playing very well. Um, so I can imagine there's some locker room issues, especially because like their old captain Charlie is, you know, you know, battling with the coach, and so everyone's kind of pissed off. And then they see they might see Banks in class, and you know, maybe he's getting attention from the classmates, like, oh, here's this great varsity player, and they're just like, God damn it, JV's so bad right now, but fucking Banks is varsity and doing well and and so maybe and maybe like kind of subconsciously they start to you know maybe dislike dislike him a little bit just because of the situation they're in but i, I think the outsider thing is uh is a fantastic theory yeah i like it too. i think too uh i was just gonna say I, I think too uh kind of going along the the same lines i think there is some uh kind of some historical jealousy there as well maybe um, uh, kind of, you know, Adam, Adam Banks can tell the breaks, that kind of thing. Um, and then I think that's maybe compounded by them performing so poorly, uh, in comparison to the varsity. Um, so I could definitely see that not helping the situation. Uh, and, and I think also, I'm sure at some point, uh, kind of speaking to those locker issues, somebody is taking Banks' side. Uh, or, or is kind of like telling them to lay off of banks and all that. So, and I think because it is such a divided locker room, that kind of like fuels the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that kind of can contribute to it as well. Yeah. So all good points here. I think him being predisposed as an outsider is a good sort of starting point here, but you go through and you look at it. Banks is like, oh, I made varsity, and they're like third line center, so they seem pretty happy for him there, or at least Connie does. Um, and then I think the turning point is obviously the dinner here, because Banks, when they go in the lunchroom, Banks is the guy who's like, it's cool, guys, and they're all like, oh, Banks says it's cool, we're going to go, and I mean, we've talked about the dinner before. That was a great episode, by the way. But It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, it will. Uh, we go to the dinner and, you know, everyone's having a good time and then Gee hears something in the bathroom about a cake and whatnot. And that's sort of when we theorized that Banks was actually told that the varsity was going to go up. So maybe the varsity was just playing him the whole time here and painting him as the enemy. Uh, but obviously they leave. And then that's really when I think they start to hate banks and i don't necessarily think it's his fault but i can definitely see how the ducks view him as the enemy because he was part of this and he didn't give them the heads up that they're gonna have to pay the 800 dollars dinner bill by washing plates and stuff and toilets so that's where i think i think all that stuff on like in terms of banks's personality and the jv struggling and all that, I think all that contributed. But then you have these things that sort of uh, these. So the tipping point was the, uh, yeah. the dinner, but everything was kind of building up to that. Yes, yes. And then, you know, they go. I think they still sort of feel bad for him at points. They're like, oh, what about Banks when they're putting the liquid nitrogen in the lockers? And they're like, he's, he's one of them now. So, I mean, I don't necessarily think they were wrong. In terms of that, like from their viewpoint, obviously we see it at the end, like Banks wasn't trying to hurt them, but 
were the ducks sort of uh was ducks sort of justified just from their viewpoint in two hating banks i think so yeah yeah, yeah it's all I mean, about solidarity you, exactly you kind of have to factor in that banks literally was the enemy at that point yeah i mean it's all varsity so and you can't just not hate banks i mean it's yeah varsity is the enemy so another question that kind of just got brought up or in the last couple of minutes are they jealous of banks for being on the varsity sort of initially even before then or are they just more about like oh we want to play together as a team so they don't really care that banks has surpassed them i could see charlie I being jealous enough yeah i think there are enough people who are jealous that it kind of just tears them apart Jared, your thoughts here? Uh, I agree. I think that there are people who are genuinely jealous. And I also think part of it is, you know, how poor team chemistry was with, you know, things just not going well with the team as a whole. That I think they were missing that magic of having the team together. And that just kind of created a, like the base for jealousy. Oh, that's another good point in terms of the team chemistry. Like, with Banks out of the lineup, obviously he they're going to him a lot. Is that part of the reason that they did struggle against the Blake Bears in that third period? Like, would Banks have changed anything, I guess? I think if Banks is in that game, there's no way they lose. Because, I mean, he's good enough to play varsity. Um, so you know he's a great defensive player. Because I think you're not going to bring someone up who's just, like, going to be a liability on the ice. Mm-hmm. And so, like, as soon as Blake Bears, like, score three or four... Just like Banks, like rotate in and play defense, and like shut this down. And also, Banks is a superior player to Charlie, so I think offensively he could like go in and, and you know put in a couple extra goals and put it away. And in that game against the Blake Bears, they're also missing three of their normal people that they're used to having in in the rotations that completely mess up all their lines. They're playing different positions. Like, nobody knows what they're doing on the ice. Yeah. I mean, that is a good point that I haven't really thought about. Like, they played with Jesse Hall for, what, like four, six years, however you want to do it, and now he's gone. Like, that's going to affect team chemistry. That's going to affect the team. And as uh, as Jared said, they're they're playing a little different positions. they got to play defensively now. So, yeah, a lot of um, – Sort of excuses we've just made for the Blake Bears coming back from down what eight to one, nine to one. The it, was, it was nine nothing. <laughs> nine nothing in the third period. They gave up nine goals in the third period. One of the worst collapses of all time. Yeah, that'd be in there with um, New Mexico basketball a couple weeks ago. Lost in Nevada. They were up by fourteen with like ninety seconds left. Oh jeez, that lost. was rough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jared, any other thoughts here? Any other questions? Anything else? I have a thought. While thinking of Adam Banks while talking about this, I just realized that throughout all three movies, he's the only player who gets hurt in their games and doesn't come back from the injury. This is why he would never win the Hunger Games. (laughs) (laughs) We're still on that debate. (laughs) Yeah. We did get a recent tweet that agreed with Kevin in terms of Banks and the Hunger Games. Well, did Guy come back to the game in D3? Because he, didn't he, he leave? Did. Yeah, they, 
he he left with kind of a shoulder injury, but he was back in the third period okay. of that game. That's good. That's good from Jared right there. I I would have to go back and really look look at the film, but good stuff. I just watched D three this weekend, so it's kind of fresh on my mind now. <laughs> nice. Watch it while your wife was uh doing going shopping or something. Yeah, I think she was at work when I watched it. Nice. Yeah, she was just in labor. It was cool. (laughs) All right, Jared, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you asking such a good question here to win the quiet question of the year. Pressure's on for next year. Oh, yeah, Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I've already been bringing the heat. Yeah, you did just ask a good question today, uh, but we'll save it. We'll save it for the uh, future episodes. Yeah, and to uh, other Quackalites, you know, step up your game. Ask some, uh, ask some good questions here. Otherwise, you know, Jared's gonna run away with it. He'll be the uh, the Eden Hall of Quack questions, if you will. I agree. As long as I'm not the Hawks. Mm. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to get on the pod, that's how you do it. You win Quack Question of the Year. Uh, yeah. I mean, our our Quackalite leaderboard. I'm looking at it right now, and. A Joyce Ang and Jared Beasley, far and away, have way uh, the margin. Air, point- Air Lemaire's up there. Who? Air Lemaire. Oh, oh yeah, twenty dollar donation. That's, that's true. He's up there. Air Lemaire. Air Lemaire is he- coming in uh, strong, but yeah, the point differential though between them and the rest of the Quackalites, just amazing. So, it's, it's not insurmountable. Do you guys have an actual physical leaderboard? Yeah. Uh, the answer like is point systems or like fantasy football. <laughs> well, th- the answer is no. It's it's more of a imaginary leaderboard. Um, although Mike, when he said I'm looking at the leaderboard now, he was just looking at a wall. Um, so maybe he has it written <laughs> down like in Crayola crayon on the wall that I can't see. Um, but we do need to come up with a leaderboard. I think. Oh, that will be part of the next project, I guess. Uh, anyway. Thanks again, Jared. Go to thequackattack.com. Go to i or go to I'll go save iTunes. Let's go to Twitter first at quackattackpod on Twitter. Facebook.com/slash/quackattackpod. Go to the shop. You might want to get a onesie, a cake eater onesie for your new baby. Who knows? Or if you don't have a baby, you can buy a onesie anyway and send it to Jared's baby. Uh, go to <laughs> iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us your favorite thing about Jared. Or your favorite sandwich. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. That's right. That was fun. I tell people, like out in public, that wear mighty duck stuff about it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Absolutely. You're doing your duty. He accosts, he accosts strangers on the street. <laughs> I. I did at the mall one day. There was some guy wearing a Mighty Ducks hat, and I was wearing my Ducks hat, and he had mentioned something to me about it. So that was right around the time you guys had just set your 100 episodes, so I told him to go check it out. I don't know if he did or not. Uh, hopefully he did. Hopefully he's listening right now. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I and, hope so. Uh, yeah. Email us me. if you're that guy. Actually, we're not on the air anymore. What, are we, what am I talking about? I can about? add it to the end, though. <laughs> I can Sometimes I have bonus clips right at the end. Oh, do you? Oh, great. Usually they're just like one or two sentences <laughs> that someone said that was funny off the air. But I didn't realize that you were taking our off-the-record remarks and putting them <laughs> on the air. 
they weren't bad. 